ain't good for games. Say it to my face. Say it to my Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You've tuned in to the Flyest Sports and Entertainment Podcast. This is Stat Lines Matter. I am your host, Mark Stewart, here with my partner in crime, Rob Hunter. What up, what up, what up? What's going on, sir? Hanging tough, man. How you doing? Man, trying to keep up with the NBA. That's how I'm doing. Like, we we out here, like, everything's going crazy. We just waiting on your boy, Kawhi Leonard, to figure out where he's going to go so that we can start thinking about football because, like, we're not going to think about – I vowed that I'm not going to think about football <laughs> until Kawhi decides where he's going. Kawhi said he ain't going to decide till August. Hey, so, so you, I'm going to hold out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought that uh, we was waiting for Danny Green, but uh, you said Kawhi. So. I, mean, yeah, I mean, I think Danny – it's funny that you say that. Danny Green, oddly enough, becomes important because he's a, a good player – like a defender, a guy who can hit a three, and he needs to end up on the Lakers. Like he needs to end up on there. But you don't know that because so many guys that you would think would be perfect fits for the Lakers took money elsewhere. And and and, and they're waiting. And while they're waiting for Kawhi, so many of these good players have lined up with other teams. Yeah, yeah. But I, and I think I think what you're gonna see if, if and we're just gonna get right into the NBA free agency, guys. I mean. You know, we, nothing really relevant, at least in my eyes, has happened in entertainment. So we we gonna get right into it. I think, I think Danny Green and Iguodala together on the Lakers, they become a championship. I, I think you can book it, even if Kawhi's not there. Say it again. I think if if Iguodala and if they sign Iguodala and Danny Green, I think that that's that's the fire. Kawhi or no Kawhi. Kawhi or no Kawhi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I I'm not in a position to to disagree with that because. Here's if you watch basketball long enough, you know it's the guys like that that make the difference in a championship team. It, it ends up being the guys that you didn't think would hit the big three, that you didn't get think would get the big steal, that are the difference between getting a ring and not getting a ring. Role players, yeah, guys at the right place at the right time. Yeah. That and 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 oddly, not oddly enough, but they've been there before. Your Iguodala's, your sure. Danny Greens, uh, you know, and and. If you want to project to Toronto, you know the Kyle Lowry's and your Ibaka's and Van guys Fleet, like that. is that his name? Freddie Van yeah. Vliet, who's I mean, actually a younger guy. Yeah, who uh, who actually you know he just I mean made he his hit like you can literally make the argument that he was the difference in so many games because he hit so many clutch shots and it's like almost like when you go down to the gym and there's a guy that you just don't respect this game and you keep lagging off of him and he keeps hitting the shot and at some point. Someone's got to go. He's going to make that shot. Well, and and Fred Van Vliet actually had been playing well. If for those for basketball heads, he had been playing well last season. But what was happening was they had a three man. Uh, I'm sorry, they had a well, they had a three three guard rotation with Corey Joseph. And once Corey Joseph was uh went to Indiana, it allowed Fred Van Vliet to get a little to bit get more some minutes. more time yeah. because what was happening was a lot of times last year, uh, Corey Joseph they would have Corey Joseph and um, Kyle Lowry on the court at the same time. Um, Closing out games a lot of times, and 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 Kyle Lowry playing off the ball. Well, now Fred Van Vliet had been able to do that, and Kyle Lowry actually had you know missed a couple of games, which allowed Fred Van Vliet to get a lot more time. So those of us that have kind of been watching, uh, you know, just NBA basketball as a whole, was very familiar with Fred Van Vliet and uh, and what his contributions could be. Now, obviously, what happens though is a lot of times when you get to the NBA, I'm sorry, the NBA playoffs, it's just things just get different, like the intensity. You see Harden, who struggled last season in particular in the playoffs, not getting the calls that he was used to getting going to the basket because they allow you to be a little bit more physical. So the, so the surprising part for me was him being able to do that on the biggest stage. 
Right. Now, uh, that, that's interesting. One quick thing uh, before we, we, we talk a little bit more about where we think Kawhi is going to go. I'm just getting a little bit breaking news. And I'm only breaking in because it affects your team. Your team just got, the, the Atlanta Hawks just got, got Chandler prop. Chandler Parsons from Memphis. I don't, I don't know if that's how you feel about that. And you've given up Solomon Hill and Miles Plumley. I don't know what you want, but leave leave my private business alone. Leave like we're breaking news here. That's, leave this. this I, I we making our own moves in private, and I'd appreciate it if you just didn't bring that to the masses through our platform. Like, don't you think it would be disrespectful if I if I saw that during the show and and it's your team and I didn't bring it up? We don't have to talk about it, but I I still feel a <laughs> sense of responsibility. Well, well, what the Hawks have done, which is. It's it's fine, but it's not fine. We got another expiring contract. Um, we got Evan Turner. His his contract is expiring next season. Um, so we got guys that you know. I mean, we're preparing for the twenty twenty off season free agent class, like it's this one, which is not. Um, and I, so it's just an expiring contract. We had to spend the money. Obviously, we weren't in the running for anybody that mattered. And uh, you know we're just filling the you know the salary cap because he's, he's scheduled to make twenty five million dollars yeah. this upcoming season. So yeah, um, and 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 he had grown. He's actually healthy. Okay, here we go. He had grown frustrated. I know people don't care about the Grizzlies or Chandler Parsons, but he had actually asked to be traded uh, in the middle of the season last year because he was healthy, but he had fallen out of rotation. And I guess his vibe was, you know, it's the damn Grizzlies. I can't get no minutes here. You know, <laughs> right. like what are we? I'm fully healthy, but he had he had become you know uh, odd man out. Um, amongst you know a bunch a myriad of other guys, but um, nameless guys that I won't bore you guys, I won't bore y'all with. But anyway, yeah, Chandler Parsons to the Hawks, so we one step closer to uh, the lottery again. So it's all good. Understood. I think um, getting back into the Lakers, it's interesting because I it's, I don't want to say they backed themselves in the corner because I think with having getting AD and having LeBron, you're you're one up, like. You're one step ahead of every team in the West in terms of getting to the finals. Just having two top five players, having two efficient players, guys sure. that, yeah. um, you know, Anthony Davis more so than LeBron at the stage of game that stage of the game that impacts both ends of the court. But this process with with Kawhi, Kawhi is sort of a different dude. He's built a little bit different. He's taken a more of a deliberate approach to free agency, where some of the other guys sort of jumped in immediately and sort of like went. For not that they're grabbing the money, but kind of lined up where they wanted to go, because you get the sense that there's been so many back channel discussions that you knew where guys were going to go, or at least you know there was rumors, but they knew where they were going to go. Kawhi taking his time has put the Lakers in an interesting position because now they have uh, like 32 million dollars in cap space that they want to devote to another max player. Because what the Lakers are doing smartly is they're thinking about life after LeBron, getting Kawhi is about life after LeBron. It's not just about winning this year. Obviously, that would be something that you, they would go into the season feeling like they were the odds-on favorite if you have those three players. But they're also thinking that if LeBron, as he's getting into year 17, 18, 19, as he gets up there, he's going to jump out at, at some point and say, okay, this is it for me. And, but then you still have the nucleus of two players that are currently in their 20s moving forward that keep you in a championship discussion. However... While all this is going on, many free agent pieces that are key and important to winning a championship are coming off the board. So it's it's almost like Kawhi or bust in a way. In a way, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, 
Kawhi or bust in a way um, because if he chooses to go to the Clippers, which I don't believe he's going there, or if he chooses to go to Toronto, if you believe some of the reports that you've been hearing uh, over the last you know 24 hours or so that they now have the edge. But same reports are coming out the other way that the Lakers have the edge. But I believe that the Lakers with uh, Kuzma and Anthony Davis and obviously LeBron uh, have the nucleus if they sign if they sign um, Andre Iguodala. Now, obviously, that's assuming that Memphis uh, buys his contract out um, and they sign uh, Danny Green, which... Do you think they'll make that move prior to having an answer on Kawhi? I think they wait I think for, they should. Well, but, but then if they do... I think, but I think if you do that, then that's less money. Like, right now, they're at the point where they can give Kawhi just the amount of money that he would require as a max player. Right. If you start chunking into that, because, I mean, these guys are not going to come. Like, Iguodala and Green, they're going to come low, but they're not coming, like, a million, too. Right. They're coming six to eight right. in that range. You give up that money, then you got to go back to, to Kawhi and go, yeah, all the money you thought we had, we, we got to give you less. They're, they're, they're in a tough spot. Unless he took a deal similar to what uh, KD and Kyrie did, which they took the incentive-based uh, deals, which, you know, are the, the playoff incentive-based deals. Right. Uh, you know, and 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 Rob Palinka has surprised us, you know, with being able to create this space because they had got their hands, you know, caught in a cookie jar by doing the deal too early. Right. But Anthony Davis waived the four million dollar yeah. uh, trade, um, the trade is the trade clause, and they were able to create that space. Um, and ironically enough, it seems it seemed like. You know, the Lakers' fortunes improved after Magic exited stage. You know, they were able to land Anthony Davis, which, you know, no, and they were able to clear the cap, cap space. And so, anyway. I, but, but but you know what's funny about that? Like, because I think, like, false, I don't want to say falsely because I don't, you're not going to bat for them. I'm going, but, right, on the surface. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, if you take a closer look at that, getting Anthony Davis there was a a, a, a product of LeBron his team, um, Rich Paul, them being with the, having the same agency and them wanting to play together and them forcing all the necessary hands and moves in the chess match to make it so that it had to happen. Right. And then sort of forcing um, Palenka to give up the, the amount of assets needed to pull the trade off. So, but that was more clutch sports. We still don't know what this Laker organization is because if we had the aid of LeBron, Rich Paul, and Anthony Davis maneuvering and playing the system, we all could have made that move as a GM. What's going to be shown now is how they round this team out because let's be honest, and we've talked about this a lot, there were guys coming into this that we said, oh, that would be a great matchup. You heard you know, a great match to play with LeBron in addition to AD. Kimba, Jimmy, you heard these names. Even D'Angelo Russell coming back. But none of them came. None of them even took meetings. Right, but so do you think that's more of a reflection of them putting all their eggs in the Kawhi Leonard basket? I don't think so because what's the – because at the time, you're, you would, I don't even think those dudes took meetings. Because they believe – because the Lakers believe they're getting Kawhi. Right. No, I get it. And if they get it, it's all good. So it's the same it, thing so, with AD. So if you believe you're getting Kawhi the entire time, then why would you because I think because I think Russell? Why would you? Because D'Angelo Russell probably takes that deal. What 100%. And I'm not saying D'Angelo Russell is the first guy that you grab, but they need a point guard. 
And we heard Kimber Walker, but they didn't even talk to him. Kimber, Kimber was done and gone to Boston right off the rip. Nobody was going, let me see what's going on with the Lakers. Now, I don't know if that's a product of people not necessarily wanting to sit down with the Lakers or the Lakers not wanting to sit down with them. And there's always been this sort of undercurrent discussion that we've talked a little bit about on the show is that there's a lot of guys that don't want to play with LeBron, some that do, some that don't. But, like, I don't see a mad dash of people going, hey, let me come and see what the Lakers are talking about because they had two – they were able to create space for two max players, but they only had a conversation with one other max player that wasn't part of the clutch sports situation, and that was Kawhi. Now they're, like, either he goes or he doesn't go. Now, you brought out a good point earlier – is that if he can go and do a one-year deal with Toronto, give them another shot to win another title, which would add to his legacy. And I think they could potentially get back to the final, and then once you get to the final, anything could happen. And then be right back here next year having the same opportunity to go. Well, maybe not the same opportunity to go to Lakers, but to choose where you want to go. Yeah, I mean, in, in, in Toronto... I think in Toronto, obviously, they would be in a in another in a, in a great position because they'd be be another team that would have a ton of cash because Kyle Lowry's uh, contract uh, expires. Brooke Lopez. Um, Bro- well, Brooke Lopez and Robin Lopez are now with Milwaukee. Well, oh, I'm not not Brooke um, Lopez, but uh, they have they have another they have a big well, man. Marcus Saul. Marcus Saul. My mistake. Yeah, Marcus. Because he he opted in. Yeah. He opted in. Yeah. So you got, but they're I think they're. They're all from Spain, I believe. Yeah, so, so you weren't that far. They're off. Spanish. Yeah, yeah, Espanol. Yeah. Um. So you got then you have Ibaka's contract. Ibaka is coming off. So so, so they're gonna yeah. have a, a boatload of cash to to. Now next to, year's to free around. agent hall is, is not is, is not the sexiness, but at the same time, I think Toronto sort of proved, particularly when you have a good GM. Yeah. Is that if you can if you can you you're always gonna have to have that superstar player. There's no way around that. But if you add the pieces, you become formidable in ways that is hard for uh, uh, a casual fan to quantify. Like, you go, man, I, how did Van Fleet hurt them so bad? But, like, I know from being a, uh, a a fan of the Bulls, we always want to talk about what Michael and Scotty did. But how many games that, you know, in the first three that Paxson went for us? Playoff games. Games in the finals. The last one. Uh, of the first three against Phoenix. It was, you know, Pippen, you know, looking away from a shot that would have been a solid two that would have tied the game and kicking it out to Pax, who drained a, a ice water three to win the game. We've seen Kerr do it. So it's like there's always going to be those guys that you don't think would deliver the dagger, that deliver daggers in championship runs. Yeah, yeah, you you, you need, obviously you need those those ancillary pieces, if you will, to get you um, where you need to be. Because I mean, Danny Green hit a bunch of threes um, in game. I believe it was game one against Golden State to uh, and game three. Um, him and Kyle Lowry actually really turned up in, in game three. But I, you know, to, to get you across that hump. Meanwhile, you're 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 solid. Uh, superstar guys giving you the thirty and the twelve. True. So it doesn't necessarily seem. Like you know, they're giving you what they're supposed to give you, but as we know, you take a look at LeBron and what he, what he was doing against Golden State. You know, you can put up the gaudy numbers, but you need those ancillary pieces to chip in. You know, you need you need uh, uh, George Hill to make his free throws. Or, sure. You know, you need you need. Or even back when they beat uh, when they beat Golden State, you had a really big showing by Tristan Thompson, mm-hmm. uh, just doing the dirty work, mm-hmm. doing the things that don't. Well, they show up in the stat book, but not the points and shots, but they show up in second chance buckets, you know, offensive rebounds, defensive rebounds, and he got paid a lot of money for his contributions 
to that championship team. I mean, I don't, he hasn't seen any type of production like that since. But the point of the matter is you need to fill out your roster with guys like that. And so I think with whether they end up in, – in this, and time will tell this – but whether the Lakers end up with Kawhi or they don't, you still need players that are going to do those sorts of things. And if their bench gets short um, and they lack those players that have that fortitude to do that in the playoffs, I think – even with those three stars, there's still some susceptibility to getting caught by another good team that does have those guys and has the Hardens and the guys that can still score and get thirty and twelve or whatever. Yeah, those yeah. numbers are. I, uh, I, you know, if, if I'm if I'm the Lakers, I, I would probably even be more apt to go after uh, the Danny Greens and the Iguodala's because I just think though, I mean, you've got AD and you've got LeBron and you've got a hurting Golden State team that uh, won't seemingly be healthy until maybe March. April, um, and then who knows how he's going to look when he gets back, meaning Clay. Um, so I would be more apt to go after those guys, and I know that Kawhi would be a, a tremendous get, but you putting yourself in a situation where, I mean, you saw what happened. I mean, one of the biggest knocks on Golden State was their bench this year. Sure. And that, because relative to how that bench is played in, when they were correct. winning championships. Correct, yeah, and so you saw when, when – and now, now, okay, they had two marquee guys go down with Kevin Durant and um, Clay Thompson, but – you you just saw that it 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 get real thin sometimes when you got all your bread you know spread across the sure. starting five and you know you need those guys like your Fred Van Vliet's you know sure. like that we already lamented so and it's not it's not to say that the Golden State bench couldn't have come in in spurts and done a good job if guys like Durant and Clay Thompson are available to them but when those guys are forced into action as starters. Yeah, that's problematic, and, it, and I think that would be the case for any team. You know what I mean? Like when you when you're taking your starters off the floor, not like oh we got you down from 36 minutes to 31 minutes. Like now nah, you've got no minutes from from Kevin Durant. You've got no minutes from from Clay Thompson. You know that that's that's tough to ask of any team. So yeah, I mean I think Golden State had a couple of pickups that I think I've heard I heard some people yesterday saying that Golden State wasn't even going to make the playoffs. And I just – I don't see that. That's been that's been uh, a thing now over the past 36 hours. Is that like the hot take of the I moment? I guess – I don't know. Okay, I don't – you, you're going to have a hard time getting me to believe that they're not going to at least be the eighth seed. Because you obviously they lose a lot defensively, and that's the part that, you know, you and I have talked offline about, you know, they lost two pieces, you know, they're not getting back. You know, they lost Clay Thompson – I'm sorry. They lost. Uh, they lost Kevin Durant. Um, they lost uh, Clay Thompson, and they lost Iguodala. You know, two of those three. They're not. They're not getting back. Um, and so, even when Clay comes back, were you gonna push him and make him guard a three? Now he can do that, but you're talking about a guy who is six five without his shoes on, six seven uh, with the shoes. And so, so he's going to be undersized, you know, guarding a lot of those threes. Now he can; he's an able defender. But w- w- you got your two guard, who in D'Angelo Russell is six three, and you got Curry, and both of those guys have obviously we all their 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 uh, defensive uh, inefficiency have been well documented. So you're going to have some offense, but the defense, I think, is what they're going to be missing. But I don't think enough to to get them, you know, out of the eighth seed. So what we're talking about, what we're basically talking about, is can Curry, Draymond, and Russell, Looney, keep these guys afloat. Willie Cauley-Stein? And Willie Cauley-Stein, 
can they can they who's been recently added can they keep those guys afloat until March April? I say yeah because even though they're in the West, they still play a good deal of teams in the East, you know. And I think that if if all they got to do is keep keep these guys afloat until Clay gets back, and when Clay gets back, that's the same squad that swept Portland, right? You know, what I, mean? I mean, so you got then you're gonna have Clay, you're gonna have you know because Durant wasn't there, right? You see what I'm saying? So right. you know you're gonna have all those guys come back, and then. Because I think they set up better for obviously 2020. I don't think they're set up well to make any any hay in next year. Well, but, because, because but if they trade yeah. D'Angelo, which they can, they sure. get put in a, up to me in a, in a much stronger position. Well, I thought it was a brilliant move to get D'Angelo because it gives you some scoring pop. It gives you which offsets the loss of uh, Clay. Like you said, now does it create some de- some uh, defensive deficiencies? Absolutely. But let's this ain't the 80s. You know, early 90s. Defense is important, but only to so much. You have to be able to score. You have to be able to hit threes. But what they've done is they've added a guy who hit over 200 threes. Like, I think that's important for the way they like to play. Now, the concern that I have is fit because D'Angelo does his best work off the pick and roll. Golden State, I think, is like last or second to last in the league in terms of running pick and roll plays. Um so that seems like a bad fit, but D'Angelo is was I think shot almost forty percent on uh, catch and shoot threes, which he's going to get a lot more of uh, in this offense. So he's capable. He just hasn't been asked to do it, and he gets a lot of buckets on pick and rolls, which I don't see uh, Golden State changing their style in order to accommodate him outside of maybe you know some end of quarter scenarios. But even in those situations, they run their sets and they go to Curry. Well, and, they, and, and and the knock on him has been, once again, defensively, and the other piece has been acumen, basketball acumen, which in Golden State, at Golden it's State, it's, it's, a, it's a huge requirement, particularly to run the hybrid of the, uh, the triangle that they run. And so, you know, if you, you got guys that are going to have to be patient, which Draymond hasn't necessarily <laughs> shown. So one of the, uh, I believe it was Rick Bucher saying that, uh, uh, from, from ESPN was saying that, you know, if he if he can make if he makes it, you know, in, to pat you know past the trade deadline without <laughs> Draymond Green choking him to death or Kurt choking him to death, he'll be surprised simply because he hasn't shown that, that's and, and come to find out, I I was always uh, curious as to why he wasn't on the floor in the closing in the closing minutes during the Nets game, but it, come to find out, it was because of defense and uh, and Kenny Atkinson deferred to Spencer Dinwiddie's uh, basically his, his smart his intellect his basketball intellect to close out the games right. so uh, he's he's just going to have to and, and here's another thing that I think if you're Golden State you should be happy about is he's been maturing over these past two years maybe when he gets there he's able to you know to show you that that growth from a maturity standpoint and from the standpoint of getting with a you know a winning culture and wanting to buy say, in I was going to say the culture in Golden State is quite strong and influential, like it's a lot like New England. When you you could you could be Legarrette Blunt, you can be guys that were sort of disgruntled other places or had things in baggage. But when you show up there, the culture sort of swallows you up immediately, and you become part of that. So we'll see how that goes. We'll, we're going to keep an eye on that Golden State situation, like you said, and I think rightfully so. It's more setting up for twenty twenty one. Well, not much can be counted on from Clay right, and they got they, this year. and they got a hard cap because of the sign and trade with D'Angelo, so they can't go over it, so they can't even get any 
you know, they can't sign any any real good uh, you know, mid-level exception players because they don't have no mid, mid they don't have yeah. access to that because of the hard cap. Um, so yeah, so that so it, I believe it's some more of a 2020 play. Um, and 20 yeah, 2020 2021. Yeah, exactly, a 2020 yeah. exactly. So so they'll get they'll have a lot more of their salary cap available able to do some things. Flexibility. Yeah, and then Clay will be uh one year off of the uh the uh, Achilles. Right. We have to talk about um no, ACL. 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 I always get those. Yeah. Um, we have to talk about the Nets. Let's do it. Because um, that was probably going into the free agent period. It was all about where, you know, KD was going to sign, um, who was going to jump out there, who was going to take the risk off the injury uh, in order to sign him to the max and would him and Kyrie go together and pretty much what had been rumored that they had sort of made a pact that they were going to show up together was played out. Maybe the one thing that wasn't as clear to everyone, some people had it. Kendrick Perkins had it. A couple other people had it. He did have it. He had it like, and he, he had it definitively a few weeks ago that it was Brooklyn and not the Knicks. I Um, think Kevin Durant (laughs) going to go to New Jersey, y'all. It's not New Jersey. It's Brooklyn. uh, You know what I meant? The Nets. (laughs) Nets. <laughs> um so he's over so they go there. I think that I actually love and I I love that team. I love what that team is gonna be when Durant comes back. I love them without the I loved them last year when it was just a bunch of guys that, whose names you didn't know that were coming out there and and, and giving you the work if you took them lightly. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean with the Nets, uh I think they're going to be a fascinating watch. I don't, however, believe they're going to be a threat to win a championship. Uh, will they go to the Eastern Conference Finals? Maybe. Um, but I think that, you know, next year um, I have a hard time seeing them uh, anything better than a six or seven seed. I mean, we've seen, if that, we've seen what Kyrie Irving-led uh, teams look like uh, we, without LeBron. We've seen what, what he looked like when he was with Cleveland, and we also saw – what those teams look like when he was with Boston with a much better, I would I would argue, a much better supporting cast. Now he's going to New Jersey, his home. Uh, he's got who? Joe Harris, Brooklyn. Jared Allen. Yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn. I keep saying New Jersey myself. Um, I just don't see I just don't see how anything is going to change uh, in relation to you know at least my expectations uh, with a Kyrie uh, led you know led squad. I mean he's he's going so he's going to have a year there to do whatever he wants to get all the points. You know, to to get all the all the love, and then Kevin Durant's going to come in, and I think you're going to have a situation that's going to be similar to what he had in OKC. You got a ball dominant point guard that likes to shoot first, and Kevin Durant he went to Golden State to get away from a team that did that, to get away from OKC, to get away from personnel that did that. So I don't necessarily see that you know being anything other than an Eastern Conference Final tops. I I agree. I'll, I'll tell you the part that I agree with. Um, the part about this year, your argument is sound. Um, a Kyrie-led team, well, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Like, we've seen enough. You know, in some cases, you can make it, like, someone can make an argument and there's not enough of a sample size to say it definitively. I think in this particular case, there's enough of a sample size to prove that Kyrie is who who we think, who you just described that he is. So I think that's the sound argument. Um, but I also think that he has something to prove. I think he's coming into a team that is is set up a little bit different in that 
going into Boston, you had a a certain type of coach who wanted to run a certain type of uh, movement type offense, the way Golden State does, and it was not ever a good fit. And then you also had guys, or at least a guy, who had the potential to be a star who was showing that he was a star, and then you had a guy like Gordon Hayward who was coming back who also showed that he could be a star. So you weren't really sure of what the pecking order was on the team because you had guys that felt, I got to get my game back together. And when you watch Boston, it was just a little disjointed. I think that the Nets are a little bit different in that they were kind of like a lot like Toronto without Kawhi, kind of a sum of the parts team. Spencer Dinwiddie's a good player. But nobody's going to confuse him for a superstar, although he probably should have made the all-star team uh, this year. I mean, he's that he's a good player, you not great. You know I love Spence. Yeah, and and then they have Joe Harris who can shoot it. Shot, what, almost what, 48% from 40, three? Yeah, 40, yeah 47. Um, yeah. So you, you need that. That's valuable in the league. And then they have yes. rim protection defense with my guy with the Afro whose name I can never remember. Jared Allen. Jared Allen. Yeah. Um, but he's a, he's a guy who challenges shots. You know, he's, he could be dunk bait because he goes after everything. You know what I mean? But yeah, if you're fine. coaching that team and you're part of the defensive coaching staff that is trying to set a mindset for how you defend, you want that. The only people who care about who's getting dunked on and what it looks like is the the internet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> Your what, memes. Your memes. But what yeah. you really want from a guy that is paid to be your rim protector is a guy who's challenging shots and making guys think twice about how they bring it in. So you have all these guys that I think are naturally more role players anyway, and so there's space and opportunity for Kyrie to do the things that he does without disrupting what the team wants to do as a as a whole, which I think give, I'm not saying it gives them some beeline to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I think it sets up a little bit better than the Boston situation. I think, and then to, to add the KD part, listen, like at some point we're going to realize that KD is one of those guys like LeBron, and there's only like two or three of those guys in the league, that wherever you put them, they immediately become a contender for the championship, regardless of any other circumstances. And I think the same can be true. Because even in Oklahoma City, they were a challenge to Golden State and the teams that were out there. They had Golden State on the ropes. And I just think there was things behind the scenes in the way that Westbrook plays and the sort of that bull, bullheaded mentality that he has that I don't think Kyrie has. I think Kyrie Kyrie is a little bit different kind of guy, but it's different than Westbrook. I think they'll be fine in terms of figuring out a way that they can play together. And I think it'll be once they're all back and if KD's healthy, then look for them to come out of East and have a run over the next couple of years the way Cleveland had a run. Come, you know, where it was like you go ahead and pencil them in the final. So you got you got two factors though that I think uh, are are one uh, maybe people have already thought about, but the other um, I don't necessarily know if it's been talked about enough is that both of these guys are pretty mercurial. They're they they both can be they both have uh, weird personalities at times in the locker room, particularly Kyrie Irving. Um, and the other part is, you know, these guys have missed over the last three seasons. They've missed 114 games between the three of them. So there's there's a there's a uh, which this is Kyrie, Kyrie and KD. They missed 114. But you said games. The, between the three of them. Who's I'm the sorry, part? between the two of them oh, okay. over the last three seasons. Oh, sorry. okay, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um. So you've got you've got um, Durant has missed 48 games over the past three seasons. Obviously, he was injured twice in this past offseason, I mean, this past playoffs, and then Kyrie has missed 66 games over the past three seasons. So you've got a lot of um, uh, injury history there between the two of them. 
um, which, uh, you know, I mean, generally, you know, as we've seen, those things don't go away. Now, they did with Curry, but a lot of time, but I think he's more the exception than the rule. Once a guy has shown himself to be, you know, uh, have a, a history of injury, those things seem to pop up. Um, over and over and over again, and now they're in New York, which is a bigger market than obviously um, than than San Francisco was. Do you think? Here's a question I have for you. People were saying we don't want him, or we do not. We don't want him, but it would be hard to see KD dealing with the media with the Knicks, with with proximity to uh, to the Knicks. Do you think that they have the same uh, media crush, being that they're in the same state? You know, do those guys just kind of you know do they do they just shift to Barclays instead of MSG? Yeah, I mean it's the same newspapers. It's the same yeah, media. Yeah. Like I so, mean, I mean it's across it's across the bridge. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I, I, but I think that gets I think that gets overplayed a little bit, and and I'm gonna tell you why. When when you play basketball and you're a top three, top four, top five player in the league, you have local media that's on you every day, and you have national media because now we have. The ESPNs, the Fox Newses, sure. the you know, so these guys are when they, when you're a top five player, Stephen A. Smith, who no longer writes for a local paper in any city, just showing up to your city to watch your game, <laughs> yeah. wherever that is. If you're, you know yeah. what I'm saying, the big week, the big game of the week, he's showing up. Yeah. Buker showing up. Uh, Wojcik, everybody, yeah, Wojcik yeah. showing up. Everybody's showing up when the big teams are playing. So after the games, everybody's got a mic. They looking for the quote. The one thing I would say that I would when you when you point out that these guys are mercurial, there's nothing mercurial about Kevin Durant on the court between the lines. He's all business and he'll get you. Like there's no flaw in his game whatsoever. None of that spills into, oh, I had a bad day with the media, so therefore when I walked out onto the court, it affected my play. Um, I think what Kyrie learned about himself was that he doesn't like the pressure. But that disrupts locker room chemistry. And that happened in Golden State. Say it again. Durant and 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 what was going on with him and Draymond and and uh and and then the uh, the GM at the time which made the uh the, the joke about him not he's not going to get the contract he won cuz he hadn't been here for 4 years. Yeah. Uh they, they, there was dissension amongst uh the locker room what's been reported. Yeah, but, but dissension that never affected the play on the court. Like they still won when he was healthy. They won two championships in a row. But okay, but so so no, and, and which was only the point that I was making is that nothing about his personality translates to how the team but plays. But Kyrie or ain't how Curry, though. Kyrie ain't Curry, and that's what I, that was the point that I was oh. about to get to is that Kyrie, on the other hand, it does come on the court. It affects his shooting. It affects like he has just up and down days that sometimes you can't even explain. But I also think he learned about himself is that I don't like to be the focal point of the media attention after the game. I don't like to be the focal point of all that pressure. So I need there's he's pro- there was probably only one other guy that he could go play with that would create the necessary cover that you can still get the 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 quantity of shots that you want to be probably the 1A or 1B option in the offense but then when the game was over the 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 microphones are going to go to the other guy. Right. And 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 that's what he's getting with Durant that he had with LeBron where he did flourish. But we know Durant don't like that though. But it doesn't matter whether he likes it or not, he's used to it. He gets it. It's the same thing that happened with Westbrook when they were in Oklahoma City when it was him Harden and Westbrook. It was like Kevin Durant 
was the guy. He's still the guy. That's why he dipped. I mean, I don't know. That's why he didn't dip. I think he dipped because what a lot of people say is that you can't win with Westbrook. And I think he wanted to ultimately win. I think he can win with Kyrie because I think Kyrie is a different player. And I think than than Westbrook. Westbrook is fun to watch. He's great regular season, but he's going to take some. He's going to jack up threes and shoot perimeter shots that he's not that good at. And really bad time. I don't want to relitigate them being up three one. You can win with Westbrook. They were up three one against Golden State, but they but didn't get with, it. with with Westbrook. Yeah, but that was because of what how Durant played in Game Six and Seven. But but at the same time, I don't want to relitigate it. Well, you, well, there's a, I don't want to relitigate. There's it. nothing to relitigate in the sense that <laughs> Westbrook is never gonna go and play for a championship, and and Durant probably will, and he has. Yeah, like, in the in the discussion of who was the guy, if he win he, one. With 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 Brooklyn, did he get all my respect? Period. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, that, we'll put it this way: I I'm not in a position to predict that. What I am willing to go out with is when Durant comes back, and assuming that he's even 85 to 90 percent of what he used to be, then he to me, you can go ahead and and and, and at least over the next four years, put them in two finals. They're gonna be exciting. And they're going to sure. be fascinating, yeah. and they're going to be interesting, and they are going to be the and talk, they're going to win a lot of games. The talk of the daggone East, like when when Durant come walking through that tunnel, it's going to be. And and listen, I want to talk a lot about. I want to get because there's so much more with the East in terms of some of the movement because we we talked a little bit about Boston. I'll quickly go through some of this stuff because we got a lot of things that we want to cover. Kimba to the Celtics, I like a lot. Sure, I like a lot relative to. Um, What's my guy's name from Duke? I always forget his name. I always forget Duke players. Maybe it's subconscious. Al Horford? No, the guy from I mean, Duke. Oh, uh, who, what team is he on? Boston. The young player. Oh, uh, you're talking about Jason Tatum? Tatum. Yeah, yeah, Tatum. Yeah, yeah. I think his game would complement uh, Kim, Kimba's game complements um, Tatum in a way that, that Kyrie's didn't. Kimba's, I think, a more efficient player, more willing to pass, not willing to let the ball sort of just die in his hands, in my opinion. You may have stats to show something different, but no, I just think it's a— I think from a personality uh, sit, uh, situation, it's a clear upgrade yeah. um, from Kyrie. Um, so I think that they totally— now, But I don't even now, style of play. Now, now is, Kimba, is Kimba a better point guard than Kyrie, uh, you know, skill-wise? Probably not. But for what? But we're not at the Rucker. I think too what, many times right. we give, we but, give uh, but Kyrie saying, the credit for all the things he does, but those things don't always lead to but championships. But you be doing that, and when I be comparing him with D'Angelo Russell, I'm just saying that I think Kemba, I think Kemba and Ennis Cantor, I think, I think, I predict that they'll finish uh, higher than the Nets in 2020 when when Durant come back. Yeah, I don't see that. But I'm, but I'm saying that's how much I love yeah. what they did. Because I'm going to tell you, like, and I, and I know you are a Cantor guy. I'm a Cantor guy. But here's the problem. They're going to realize what they lost defensively in Al Horford. Big time. Because Al Horford shows up on a defensive big, end. Big, big time. Well, and, that, well, and Cantor does not. That's what, And that's what he ranks 71st out of 72 <laughs> centers in defense. So, and there's my point. So, I didn't even have his stat to support so, it. Phil, <laughs> I wasn't going to willfully bring that up. Yeah. You made the point, <laughs> so I had to go ahead and give you your props. Had you not said nothing. You would have let that go ahead and I would have just been like, hey, we good. We'll just keep. But from a scoring standpoint, I think it's a nice it's a nice pickup. And then maybe there's some coach somewhere that could just get in this to, to try harder. Maybe he's just maybe somebody's try hard. But I like I like what Boston's done. I'm There's a lot of people who are way more excited about what Philly did, getting Horford um, and re-signing. Uh, one of their own guys, 
but I don't know if I, I I don't know if I love that team. I you lose JJ Redick, you lose Jimmy Butler. How are you going to tell me that you're better? Well, yeah, and I just you know I'm just, sell me on you're better. Well, I just I just think that it okay defensively they're gonna be they 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 they're, they're probably gonna be the best defensive team in the East. They will win games, but just based on that fact alone. But I don't understand how you give Horford and and shout out to to Al Horford. We were all wondering. Why is he turning down thirty million dollars? Because he just got a hundred and nine million from Philly for yeah. four years at thirty three years old. But but last year he averaged thirteen and seven. Yeah. You gave him a hundred million dollars. I just to me I just now oh hey, look 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 and that and that should go to show you right perception reputation. You got a guy in Boogie Cousins who averaged sixteen and eight in twenty five minutes. Can't find a job this year, coming off injury, and you got and who averaged more steals and more blocks than Al Horford. Can't find a job right now. He's gonna get one, but then you got who's but younger, not for, but not for that money. Who's younger? Exactly. Yeah. You who's younger than yeah, than like Al 25, Horford? 20, 25, 26. And then you got you got Horford thirteen and seven, but and he gets a hundred million dollars thirteen, and this is off of thirty minutes a night. So you got Boogie who who played five less minutes, averaged sixteen and eight, and I believe four assists a game, and can't. And this is coming off an Achilles injury. It's because re- reputation. What kind of guy? What kind of locker guy are you room. in the locker room? Sure. Are you going to be easy to deal with? You know, are you a problem for the coach? Al Horford has been nothing but. He's a pros pro. Exactly, a pros pro, a good a good locker room guy, and he and conversely he got another nine figures out this league at thirty three years old. Now nah, you got to give him props for that, and and I also think that. His performance against uh, Giannis really, really like he had some great defensive moments. You know, he they were um, just really bogging him down, and he was challenging a lot of plays. And I think if he's still showing that willingness on both ends of the court, and you know he could hit that open jump shot, you know, quote unquote stretch five, can hit the three. He only shoots it. He doesn't uh, shoot it a lot. Two percent better than uh, Boogie. Yeah, no, like Boogie's 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 a gifted player, and I he must really be a jerk in he, the locker yeah, room. Yeah, he must really be an asshole. Yeah, because even like before his injury, this guy was like a a twenty like twenty five and 13, twelve somewhere thirteen guy. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. this guy's really really good. So there's a reason he's not getting his money. So um, and then you got and then they get they gave uh, Tobias five for one eighty. Yeah, you know this guy's career fifteen and six, uh, and two fifteen fifteen point six rebounds. Last year he averaged twenty and eight. So maybe they're buying into the potential that that arrow is going up. And but I think I, that's just I think that's the price of poker. Thirty million dollars. That's just the price 20, of poker. Man, that's just like if you can shoot and you can defend, he can defend. You're gonna get he, paid, man. You're gonna get paid. It's just that simple. If you if you're a three and D guy. You're gonna get paid. Like that's what that's what it's all about these days. And even with even with you know my my questions about Al Horford at 33 years old still being able to do what he you know do he what he what he's been able to do. And I just don't think 13 and seven is worth 25 million dollars a season. But hey, I, my 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 biggest problem with Philly is Brett Brown. Like I, like I think that I think that that team actually could could win some could win a lot of games if they had a better sideline general. So. You know that that's probably one of the reasons why I'm not as high on Philly. Why I'm super high on Boston, um, and I and I have questions about Kenny Atkinson over it with 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 uh, about to say New Jersey again with Brooklyn 
Um, but but you know, obviously, I don't have as many questions about Kenny because I think that, and I know your some of your concerns. That, and I remember talking during the season with you about some of his uh, player rotations and and when guys were on the court and why he had guys in certain situations. But I think what he's done a nice job of is players are developing under his watch. He's developing players under his watch. And I think when you're building a program and trying to rebuild a program, that's what you're looking for more than anything. Not to say that the wins and losses don't count, but now that you've got two marquee players or one in the possible until next year, um, the benefit is going to come. The gains come from the player development, which is what I don't think you've necessarily seen with um, with Philly because I don't see Ben Simmons' game developing. Like, he came in great. This was the reason he went number one. He's a great player and deserving of the max the max payout. But you want to see him develop up to become a threat even from the mid-range. Even if he never becomes a great deep shooter, you want him to be able to sort of be almost kind of like Kawhi-like where you can put it on the deck, create the space, and shoot that sort of mid-range at 17 to 21 footer, which is not a great shot in, in today's NBA. But Kawhi shoots it and makes it enough that it's not a problem. You don't see that with, with Ben. And and I I put that on player development. Oh, well, well, I mean, you can't no one's gonna argue that, you know, his mid range is Dale Ellis like you know, you just you just <laughs> you just you know, I guess that's something that they I don't know, willing to either deal with or believe that he's gonna develop it. It was one of the two. Um, but you got a guy that's averaging seventeen points a game, nine rebounds, eight assists. That's just that's just I mean, regardless of how he's getting his buckets, he's getting them. Um, well, he's gifted. The problem is, here, here's where I think the issue comes in with Ben. Coming off an of all-star and a rookie of the year. All that. I think if as long as we're in February and January and December and mid, mid-season, mid I think watching him play and, and watching him accumulate his numbers is going to be something that's always really cool to watch. I just think when you get, especially like when you, like being a Bulls fan from the 90s, and just being a basketball fan in general, when you get into deep in the playoffs, the conference finals and the finals, where possessions count, free throw shooting count, uh, key open three-pointers for guys who need to drill them, he's never going to do that. He's he's worse than Shaq at the foul line, uh, less clutch than Shaq. I've seen Shaq as a bad foul shooter step up in clutch situations and get free throws when his team needed them. I don't see that from him. I don't see him being able to hit open threes. He's not even going to take them. He's not even going to try. Um, and then you remove Jimmy Butler, who's never been a great three-point shooter, but hit them in the clutch a lot of times, and you remove Reddick from that. And so now he he has to step up. Do so some. They, so if they go deep in the playoffs, I don't know how they survive with two less guys that can do that when he did, when the guy you're paying the most money to doesn't also It took do a miracle it. shot for Kawhi to get him out of there. So 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 But it got him out of there. So the question for me becomes do you let Al Horford go back home in the offseason to the Dominican Republic? <laughs> I don't think he lives in the DR no more. <laughs> you I'm like, pretty sure hey, he doesn't live in the DR. Hey, as long as you're on the contract, you may never return to the shores of your homeland. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't think he I don't think he goes back that often, but I I if to your point No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um the Knicks got shut out. Man, the Knicks. But the Poe Knicks. They're not the poor Knicks. The Knicks are the Knicks. The Poe Knicks. Knicks. The, the Knicks got the same thing that they've always been getting. Man, they got, they got, they got, I mean, they were just catching L 
after L. They've been catching L after they, L they for the, 40 they years. They didn't know LL. Years. They didn't know LL. <laughs> the LL Knicks, they come in. So you got, so it starts off with, they. the, the first L was, well, the season. That was the first L. Sure. Then they, they, they thought they was going to get Zion, and they lose out on Zion. They don't even get the second pick. They get the, what, the third pick. Third pick. Then they lose out on so that's one that's two L's. Then they lose out on KD. That's the third L. They lose out on Kyrie. Fourth L. But not only do you lose them, you lose them to who? Brooklyn. Holy smokes. Brooklyn. Brooklyn is in the house without a doubt. Um and, and so you lose them to the Nets. And then you then to it really all started with y'all lose y'all trading Kristaps. Who is the best player they had since Ewing? <laughs> yeah, you you trade. So that's another, and he's healthy now. And then you sign DeAndre Jordan, who now goes across the pond, Brooklyn <laughs> to Brooklyn to Brooklyn. So and then you replace them. The the moves you make to fill the spot is you sign three power forwards. Hey, you sign Julius <laughs> Randle. You sign Todd Gibson. Gibson. Oh, and if you want to win. Put, Put Bobby, Bobby Portis in. in. <laughs> you sign him. Holy so smokes! You got you got some ex Bulls, man. You, you you know you got on going bad when you taking guys that used to be on the Bulls, man. And you sign Alfred Payton. <laughs> they just they just out Does here. Alfred Payton still have that that hair? No, he tra- he he, sh- he shaved that off when he started with Phoenix last year. Oh, okay. But, but, but. So and you know it's funny, guy. I, I was thinking about you when I watched this interview. So James Dolan, they showed the interview in March, uh, saying that he he was like, hey, look. We get, he said, everybody knows that New York, particularly MSG, is the mecca of basketball. Everybody it's the mecca knows of that. Nothing. This, is what he, this, is, this is an interview he said, and we get calls all the time with guys expressing that they want to come play for the Knicks. All the time we get calls from guys. He said, so this coming up free agency, the Knicks are going to have a very successful free agent. I can't say who, but I'm going to let you guys know that. That guys are gonna come play. They want to play for the Knicks. Guys want to play for the Knicks. So I just thought about. I was like, Mecca. Guys want to play for the Knicks. Uh, yeah, I get you know Taj was Taj was from Queens. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, I mean, listen. But they lost out on Kemba too. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, Kimba. and I think there's always guys. I think he makes the point, which he's right for guys like Joe Kim, who from New York, and when New York calls and say, "Hey, I got a check," you go, "Oh, I get to live in the city." Cool, Taj. I get to live in the city. Cool, I'm showing up. The problem is, nobody wants to go there when they know that the organization is not on solid footing. Right. And I've been talking about that to people that I've been chatting with. Is that the NBA has changed, man? It's like you, these new GMs, these smart GMs, they have relationships in a different way with certain GMs. Uh, or GMs have relationships with player management. Player representation. That's why they thought they were gonna get KD though. Because yeah, but what I'm saying is, when you get there and you realize, oh, this is not run right, then you go to what you know or you go to what feels familiar. You go to where there's relationships. And I think like when you look at teams like the Bulls, they're just operating in an old fashioned way. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I think the Lakers are the same way. They're operating in a way that's obsolete. And they just get bailed out because people still the brand. They yeah. they love the brand, the yellow uniforms, the courtside seats, the sunshine. It still has some allure, but it's. I think the shine is going off. Like people are like, I can take a private jet to go out to L.A. when I feel like it. Hey, look, the shine. because nobody's signing up. This is two yeah. off seasons. <laughs> yeah. This is two off seasons in a row where there was viable free agents, and they didn't get them. Nobody showed up to even talk. 
Right. Because so, if they don't get Kawhi, I'm going to come back here real strong with that same narrative that the only reason they got AD was because of clutch sports and how they ran the play, not because of the Laker organization. So, so, but I'm, but I, I'm talking about, I'm talking about Air. See, and that's I get what you're saying about the Lakers, and you have a, a, a specific focus on them. Sure, I have an animus. <laughs> yes. I have a bias. But I, I'm just like I'm shining light on before them. the season started. Everybody had the Knicks and KD together. I even heard that, I didn't that the ink just got to dry. That's I it. I heard that, and yeah. I don't have any insiders. I just kept asking myself, "I'm I'm a I'm a logical person. Why would he want to go there? I don't, hey, but but why but, would anybody want to go there? So when the season starts, but all the shine, all the glow is going to be at Barclays, all of it, all of it. And I like like I I, I mean, so I heard I, somebody told me that Jay Z and Beyonce finna move the twins back into Marcy. <laughs> They finna come back. That's not gonna happen. They, that's what I. That's what no, I heard. That's not what you heard. I heard that. You didn't hear that. I did. I heard. Who that told that, you that? Man, my wave. Hey, some folks went in the nose the said shop. they finna slide back. You in got the, that at the barbershop. <laughs> finna oh, slide in back in tomorrow. They said. They said somebody also talking about that. The, that the Dodgers finna try to move back to Brooklyn. So, that would be fine. So that and then they said somebody said even that uh uh uh, uh Biggie and Junior Mafia were finna get back together. <laughs> Dude, they finna open up the Barclays when when, when with, that, with Junior Wafia. What, what what's my man name? Little, little, little C's, C's, little C's, little C's, and yeah, they finna, out there. they finna like Biggie gonna be courtside. Now, Brooklyn Brooklyn's gonna be popping, and and like I said, man, I, I think I'm a little bit more um, excited about them than you are. Even beyond the novelty, I, I, I'm actually excited about what they're gonna put on the uh, court. Um, why we'll see. It's, I think. It's, I think the. I, but I think the entire NBA uh, collective fans. You know, why wouldn't you be excited about that? I'm. I'm excited. I'm. I'm just excited about, and that's why I'm hoping that Kawhi doesn't end up in LA because I want to see more competitive the redistribution balance. of yeah. Talent. So yeah. I'm happy that that you know KD and and Kawhi ended up together. That's going. I mean, I'm sorry, KD and Kyrie are going to end up together. I mean, that's that's that should be. I wish. So I wish it was going to be. This year, you know, but yeah. obviously the injuries definitely. Keep and I don't us from know that. why they're saying that that the injury is w- the reason why KD didn't end up with the Knicks, and well, the reason why you know he didn't come is because we didn't offer him the max. He didn't take the max with the Nets, so that can't be the reason we why didn't he didn't show up. No, he he signed for one forty one. He signed for one forty one with incentives. So the point is, is that he could if 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 he, if it wasn't about the max, right? He could have. I never thought it was that. I thought that was the Knicks trying to save face. Sure, because sure they, they had egg on their face. Yeah, and, and they and, wanted to try and, to. And, and they were, the reputation out there bad. I mean, they they just ran the footage uh, the other day, was it yesterday of them of of them literally strong arming Oakley out of the MSG, which is some of the worst, the worst stuff organizational and, move ever. And 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 a, a hardcore like when you think about Charles Oakley. You think about I think about him with the Knicks and I think about him with the Bulls. But more importantly, I think about him or more synonymous with the Knicks. Yeah, me too. Even as a Bulls fan. So, yeah. So so and if into into and I have forgotten how aggressive and how 
physical they got with him. No, they threw him out like Victor Maitland's guys threw out <laughs> Eddie, Eddie Murphy <laughs> out of art out of his office. Yeah, out of his art guy through the glass. Yeah, yeah through the glass. <laughs> they were very aggressive. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I I and so and so they they've been saying like kind of like the players, which I I hadn't heard this before yesterday. I believe it was Pippen that was saying is it kind of you know that's that's out there about them like how they treat. The you former know, play- the former player. I'm telling you that that has a lot to do. I'm telling like people. That's the part of it that the fans don't always understand is that the, there's organizations that are never going to get good because of the guys running it or the ownership group. Yeah, don't. And, and and the Knicks ain't it. And so you can be at the Mecca, the Schmecca. You can be wherever you want. Nothing's happening there. A couple quick other points on the NBA because I know we got some some quick hitters that we want to get to. Um, I want to shout out D Rose getting a nice little contract. Detroit, he played himself uh, from literally off the maybe no job at all, playing for a million dollars last year. Averaged eighteen points on forty eight percent shooting. He probably is one, if not his most efficient year, one of his most efficient years in his career on offense, and that garnered him a seven and a half million dollar per year contract, uh, two years, fifteen million, uh, million with Detroit. Also, I like. It didn't get a lot of um it didn't get a lot of play, but I like what Milwaukee did and just keeping their team together. Like Milwaukee re-signing Brooke, adding uh adding his brother, uh re-signing Middleton. Um, but they lost Brogdon though. But they they brought in not that it's a uh, they lost him, but they traded him, so they got stuff back. So you get some um some cap flexibility. I think they got a, a I want to say a protected first round back from Indiana. I don't know, but when it's Indiana, it's like it's yeah. it's a little bit different because you, you don't they're not guaranteed to go deep, right? And then I think they replaced them with um, Wesley. What's his name? Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews. Yeah. 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 So like, I'm not saying he's the same player, but he gives you something. Oh no, he, not at all. Nah, but he give, he's gonna give you something. But other than that, like they kept their team together, and I like what they did. Sometimes getting your keeping your own guys doesn't garner the headlines. But they're they're still going to be in it, and I think Giannis is going to get better. And I think I actually am a big Chris Middleton fan, so I think re-signing him, I think he's one of those guys that had he changed to a different winning team, those are the moves that shift the you know they they shift the the energy. He's a guy who hits big shots, and he's a great outside shooter. So I look I look for them to um, you know be top four in the East as well. And major shout out to Reggie Hammond signing to uh, to Sacramento. AKA Harrison Barnes, <laughs> another four years, $85 million. Brilliant. How does he continue to cash in with his pedestrian style play? I just, I don't understand it. You know, but hey, give him credit. Oh, oh, total credit. He's about this. He's already taken down before it's over with. Oh, and I got another shout out. He'll have taken down $160 million out of this league. Um, and, and, and Patrick Beverly had made, in his previous nine years in his league, he had made $38 million. He just signed a three-year 40. contract with the Clippers again for $40 million. So he'll make in three seasons what it took him to make, nine. And he could have got 50. He he turned down 50 from Sacramento, but he wanted to stay where he was at. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you don't need that 10. You been to Sacramento? No, nah, I've never been to Sacramento. What, what they nice. doing up in Sacramento? Sacramento is like... Well, they Lansing, my, Illinois. They got my man up uh, who produced SWV uh, living in Sacramento. Uh, Brian Morgan? Brian Morgan, yes. yeah. to Brian Morgan. Brian He's Morgan. My, uh, you can go hang with him. friends on Instagram. Go hang with uh, Brian Morgan. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the um, really quick here. Just a, a quick acknowledgement of the uh, 
U.S. women's soccer team. Hey! Uh, led by Megan Rapinoe. Hey! Um, a little bit of a rebel. A little, she hey! got a little Colin Kaepernick in her. But they, they were able to get a game yesterday. They beat, uh, they beat France. Which a lot of people felt England. like was the oh you t- well they beat France first right but everybody kind of felt like that was the like the real final um, and then they came back oh, I didn't know that yeah yeah France was like the big like the big the big game to get past why ain't nobody tell and me? then um, they've been able to kind of scratch past the last you know last couple games and then we're coming up on a championship against either the Sweden or the Netherlands so we don't know who's gonna who whoever they're gonna, gonna get their ass whooped. You you really you really excited. You've been hyped on this whole hey. uh, women's World Cup. Hey, look, once I found out, all right, so I had been with I think it was Cameroon and Nigeria to start off with. I was going with the Based F- on nothing other than their the melanin in their skin. Hey, you know what I mean? I go with the underdog and I I do I prefer some of the darker black nations, uh, because there's such long shots and what it would mean to them. Uh and I know that Donald Trump probably don't want them to win. So wh- whatever Donald Trump is for I'm kind of like, I'm the reverse of Donald Trump, how he was with Obama. Whatever Obama was for, Trump was against. Well, I am exactly that way for Trump. Whatever Trump liked, I'm against. So if you against him, then that makes you, by extension, with me. Right. <laughs> so right. when I saw the, the footage of uh, uh, Rapino when they asked her, you know, was she going to go to the White House? She was like, no, nah, I'm not going to the effing White House. I was like, up. Oh, I'm all in now. I'm totally sure. Sure. in that. My girl. Yes, you are my because because you don't see white athletes come out that staunchly against you know the president. I can't remember any. You got guys like doing it softly, like Chris Long, like putting his hand yeah. on the guy's shoulder, yeah. but he ain't gonna kneel though. Right. Whereas Megan Rapino, she knelt immediately with Colin Kaepernick. Right. You know when he knelt, she knelt because she was like you know obviously she was she felt. The discrimination she felt the same way he felt, you know. And, yeah, and, and because so, she, but also don't you you're focusing on her whiteness, but she's also from a marginalized community. She is from a marginal marginalized community, but she wasn't. I guess what so I'm it's saying a little is, easier for her to take the position. It, that, that's true. That's true. But she took it. That, yeah. That's my point. And there have been other white athletes who are from that same community that did not do that. Right. And not only did she do it, but she's you know she's also suing the U.S. Soccer Federation uh, right now. So I think that I think that for her. She represents for me what I felt like a lot of uh, um, what needs to happen when you start talking about change, because whenever there's a cause, the afflict, it's not really about the afflicted per se. It's about those people who aren't afflicted standing up and helping those that are the ones that are being afflicted by whatever uh, suppression or whatever injustice is going on. And even though she's a part of one of those communities, she still she still, I believe, experience a certain level of uh, a, a certain level of comfortability just based on her skin and the fact that she plays you know what what a lot of people would consider you know America's uh their 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 protected coveted sport which is soccer which is a real separate sport as it relates to minorities getting the opportunity to play particularly on the women's side especially on the women's side so for her to come out and say that yeah I'm I'm with Megan Rapino, Ali Krieger, all of them you with me if y'all been following us on um on our stat lines matter and me um on on my personal page Rob Hunter SLM You've seen that I've been all in with Megan Rapino and them, and so she didn't play yesterday. She gonna play. What is it? Uh, Sunday, right? She's gonna play Sunday. So I'm. I'm and all she's in. a team. I like the fact too that she's outspoken, but she's also like the te- the the team's like best player and be getting like mad goals. Like she, she you know is what I mean? that. And also, the what really made me buy in is the fact that 
the team seemed to to coalesce around and seem to 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 support after she came out and made those comments. The coach JLS was like, "Yeah, we stand behind you know Megan. Yes, yeah. we stand behind her. You know." And so a lot she didn't. She's like, you know, you know that's a you know that's a matter that you know you know. That's a that's a matter between you know that hadn't, doesn't have anything to do with soccer. She didn't give you one of those vanilla type a- answers. She said, "No, we support her." We ride. No, yeah, this ride. this is this is a team of badass women, man. I get, I give them credit for that. Yeah, I'm you, not the biggest I'm not the biggest fan of uh, of the women's women's soccer game because I'm yeah. not a I'm not the biggest soccer fan, but I like how it looks when men play it. It's faster. <laughs> it's just a faster game. Like it's like a, like watching it. Watching women's soccer is a lot in a lot of ways as a basketball fan watching women's basketball. Unless you're watching the elite of the elite, you seem to be watching something that's moving just a step or two slower. And it is. And so and I'm not saying that that is I mean, maybe that's not gonna sound sexist. It has nothing to do with it, it's just the brand of what we look at. But particularly because of the storylines and the these because these women are unapologetic. I'm behind them just as women, and they they're just badass. So I respect them. Hey, sh- yeah, yeah, and 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 and, you, and I I didn't see that footage, but you did yesterday of them Millie whopping and stuff. After yeah, they have a good time. They be listening to the hip hop records, enjoying themselves. So I give them credit for that. One uh another quick thing that I saw is that New Jersey, Jersey, passed in the month of May. I don't want to say passed, but in the month of May, did more sports gambling business than Nevada. They did. And I think that's very, very telling on a couple of notes because there's been gaming in Nevada uh, but not sports at the casinos, betting. but yeah. not sports betting. So when you get into the, the, the sports betting sort of becoming um, more acceptable and more accepted, man, I think this is a huge thing. Not so much that Nevada has anything not so much that Nevada has anything that they need to be concerned about because I think people still want to go to Vegas. But one of the things that I realize about people who go to Vegas is people are going for the clubs, they're going for the nightlife, they're going for not even like sitting at the tables as much. The things that we used to go to Vegas for are not the biggest things. People go there to shop. They have amazing shopping. They go there to have great they have great restaurants yeah. and they have great nightclubs. So you go there to have those experiences and you gamble a little bit, but not as much as you used to. Illinois just passed sports betting. Yeah, congratulations. Mississippi had it on the first round. Um, nobody's going to Mississippi unless you, you know, hit one of the casinos. Or shout out to my boy Kevin. He's got a casino in Mississippi. But it being in New Jersey and Illinois, I think, are game changers. Well, and, you're, and you're starting to see that. And you got, so the, the figure was $318.9 million to $317.5 million. Uh, obviously, New Jersey uh, leading that for the month of May. Um, but the numbers are a bit skewed, but it's still telling, and the point is still valid. Uh, where New Jersey reports their futures, uh, the, the the money, the, and the futures, the uh, futures. If y'all don't know the futures, a futures bet is, you know, I think the Falcons are going to win the Super Bowl, so I bet that now. And Nevada doesn't include that number in their figure for the for the uh, for until the money taken in until the until, month until, that it pays until out. they pay it out. Mm-hmm. So, or so, that it wins. so I would imagine if they included that that the but. But you're still you're still talking about like a it's, couple of million. It's still dollars. valid though. Yeah, is but my it, point. Yeah. Which are, the money's point been spent. Yeah. yeah, money's been spent. Um, yeah. No, I think it's, I think it's super telling um, about sort of the culture of it because there's a lot of guys guys like me. I mean, I've a, I I I invest with a guy in you know that may or may not be in a state where that sort of investment is legal, and I think there's a lot of guys like me that do that. Um, now if it's to a point where there's a wonderful sports bar and a great atmosphere that's serving great food and drinks that has a window that you can go up and lay a bet down, 
guys are gonna show up. Did for you that. did you hear about uh, NBA gonna make it legal in all their? Uh... Not only are they gonna make it legal, but they're gonna make it accessible where you can in game live yeah. betting betting on if it, the guys gonna make the next the free arena. throw. Yeah, kiosks yeah. Uh, in, in certain seating. You know how like when you go to a baseball game, uh, like you have premium seating that has certain accessibility, certain mm-hmm. things. They're, I think they're talking about and kicking around the idea of people who are sitting in premium seating having the ability to go, let's bet, like, right now, is he going to make the next free throw? But do you have any idea how that's going to increase... Engagement. Uh, engagement, yeah. but attendance? Sure. Because you know you're going to be able to bet on other games that... Are, that, that and, 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 other and, than the one you're sitting yes, in. Yes, and so, and so you know, that's going to incentivize them to open the, the, the uh, arena at what time? Noon? Three sure. o'clock? Sure. <laughs> you're drinking? All day at the restaurants? Listen, I, it, it is a brilliant move by uh, Commissioner uh, Silver. Silver, Adam Silver. Yeah. I, I'm excited about it. That would get me, I didn't go to a Hawks game yet, uh, last year. I haven't been to, I used to be a season ticket holder and I haven't been in a couple years. Um, but, you know, those are the type of things that would bring you out to the arena. I mean, think of it like this, Rob. When you go to a game and the team has some sort of promotion that if a guy, if the team goes over 110 points, everybody gets a free taco or a free Big Mac or something, and the crowd goes crazy over a free Big Mac or a free taco. Like, can you imagine sitting there and half the audience has, you know, 50 bucks on the game going over? Can you imagine the late game excitement, like if if there's actually something real at stake and not just a taco or something. So I went to I went to uh, Falcons game when they played the Giants uh, this this past season, and I literally didn't go into the stadium. Like I well I went into I went into the stadium. I didn't go to my seat. I went to a restaurant. I ordered alcohol and I ordered food all night long. Can you imagine if they had sports betting? Yes. So, so, so the the stadium. If you, if you guys haven't been to the Benz yet, it's it's fantastic. But but these uh, NBA stadiums are just as fly. And so, if you imagine going there, sitting down like the um, I think it's called the uh, uh, the Falcons have a uh, I think it's a Hawk Zone or some type of zone that's not even in the premium seating. You can just go there, sit down, and eat. I went in there and sat the second half when I went two years ago. I, can you? I just can't imagine if they had yeah. betting there. Just how much more. Of a um, you know, wonderful experience, so fun and entertaining that that would be. So I'm I, all in. I, it's so funny. I've done the same thing. I went to a I went to a, a Falcons game. I guess it was two years ago. So I guess I, at I, the Benz. I don't think it was the Benz. I've been to the Benz, but the story I'm telling you, I think, was from from the Dome. I well, think the last but year they the changed that. Yeah, they did the the uh, Arthur Blank did the Dome. Uh, right. I ended up sitting in one. I want to say the Bank of America Lounge. One of the you know one of the big sponsors whoever was a big sponsor there. And we, you know, I, I watched one quarter from my seat. In the second quarter, I went to get a drink. I sat down and was watching the game in a little seating area where you could get more drinks. And I ended up watching the game on TV drinking. Like I could have done at home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, except you can hear. But you can hear the, the roar audience, of the crowd. Yeah, yeah. But it was better. I, I found that to be better. Like I, I actually, I'm one of the few people who thinks that NFL football well, maybe I'm not one of the few, but I'm willing to say it. I think NFL football is better on television. Oh, oh 100%. College, I still like the atmosphere. If you can do it with the traffic and you can deal with the people. NFL is a made-for-TV sport, which is an amazing job that NFL's done. It's a made-for-TV sport. Yeah, I just think, well, you're talking about college, and we, we're, I, I, 
I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but it's just it's a lot more of a cultural experience. Like when you go to a uh, when you go to a college uh, football game, it's like going to another country. Meaning when you get to that stadium or when you get to that town, if you will, you start seeing the the town is covered in a just comp- in in that in that team's their colors. People have you know the flags hanging. They got the cars painted that way. The tailgating sure. is crazy. And you're, each you're, and each stadium has its own style of tailgating. You're entering into a culture yes. uh, that you've never been in before. Uh, that it may be familiar to you if you've been to a uh, another college football game, but it's different. Because you're at this college football game now. So if you go to a Georgia-Florida game, you're going to get that. If you're going to a, a game in Stillwater to watch Oklahoma State play, if you go down to Athens, I've been to Athens, I've been to a game in Auburn, and though it's the same culture, it's like a different cu- country. It's almost like sure. – Yeah, so so I've – yeah, so anyway, the point no, is – I've been to I've been to, I've been to the Rose Bowl in L.A. I've been to Stillwater, Oklahoma. I've been to Baton Rouge, Louisiana for LSU – I've been to Je- George, uh, to Jacksonville for Georgia, Florida, and everything you're saying is 100. I've been to Notre Dame. Everything you're saying is 100. So that's why I was saying you got to go. Oh, yeah. yeah. D- yeah that's different what I'm than the NFL. You game. have yeah. to go because yeah. each one of those experiences, are, you're hit dead on the head. It's like visiting another country. Yeah. It literally is like visiting another country. The NFL experience, maybe outside of, I always feel like the Atlanta, New Orleans dynamic is a very college-like atmosphere outside the stadium true but maybe the only at least of of games that i've been to that mirrors like a a college environment true like they tailgate college style specifically for when those two teams play each other like it's like it's like being like in many ways it's like being at an hbcu uh uh game like from a tailgating point of view everybody's in so much passion. Everybody is so uh, engaged. Nobody's speaking the King's English. They, hey, and people, hey, y'all hey, finna get y'all ass whooped today, hey, boy. And people are barbecuing <laughs> like it's Fourth of July. <laughs> I'm talking about like real stuff. It smells amazing. People got some drink, hurricane, whatever hurricanes, whatever they do anything. <laughs> Lastly, before we get out of here, um, we don't talk a lot of baseball on the show. We gotta touch on this real quick because we get into the All Star break. So we are gonna have our we have for those of you who don't know we have one. Me and Rob committed to this last year. We're going to have one baseball show a year. And it's going to be during the All-Star break. So we're going to talk. And then I'm going to say we're going to devote the whole thing to baseball. It's just we're going to talk about it for like 10 minutes. But I'm going to mention this right now, and we'll talk about it more when we get there. But Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, Manny Machado the two guys that got the huge checks. In the offseason. Two of them. Trout got the other one. Yeah, Trout. Well, yeah, but but he he never saw free agency. Right. He, they just took care of him. The guys who hit the free agent market oh. that commanded the dollars didn't make the all-star team. Let that sink in. That you would drop $30 million plus a season on a guy who wasn't the best at his position. So you got Manny 10 for 300. You got Bryce Harper 13 for 330. Bryce Harper's hitting 247 with 15 home runs. And actually, Machado's actually playing pretty decent, 276 with 20 home runs. Yeah, uh, but, power but, but, numbers but are third decent. base is just deep in the yeah. AL. Yeah. Which you got Chris Bryant, uh, Anthony Rendon, and Nolan Arenado are the guys who went for the AL. Right. And that that's tough, but I, I wouldn't have been mad if they left Chris off just because, like, like Chris has had a good year, a bounce back year, and Chris is an immensely popular player. But for the 50-some home runs he hit in the minors that year and the hype, 
we, you know, and I know it's hard to say that because he was rookie of the year and then and then he won an MVP. But man, I'm waiting to see. Like, I'm waiting to see the Arenado numbers. I'm waiting to see like the explosive numbers. So we we'll get to that. We're gonna talk about that in our baseball episode. But I wanted to point that out because the All Star teams were named this week, and uh, those guys weren't on it. Xander was left off too. He uh, leads uh, baseball all um, all shortstops in OPS. Yeah, it's baseball is funny like that. Like sometimes like. The guy is having the career first half of his life and doesn't get it. And then you have guys like Chris Bryant, who's going to be sort of a perennial all-star guy that's in the discussion every year, that's going to get in there with not his best numbers because of Well, reputation. he's in 285, 16 yeah. home runs, which is, you know, that's better. Decent. It, it, well, it's it's better than what Machado yeah. is doing. So it's if decent. You, so if you wanted to say, well, why is he? And you look at the numbers and you see that he's actually playing better than – than him now. I, now uh, defensively, I don't know uh, who who actually has the better uh, fielding percentage, but you know, but guys guys don't get voted in for that. <laughs> well, I mean, but you want your guy to be fully well rounded. Well, sure you do. I'm just saying, all, and, as it relates to all star. And, and, and when me and my brother watch the Cubs, it's just like Brian's just not clutch. Like he gets home runs, he gets all. He's never like when we need one, he sure. never ever gets it. Whereas on the flip side, you have a guy like Javi Baez. When you're in the eighth inning and you're down, you know, two runs, and he hits the three-run home run and puts you in the lead, sure. and then your closer comes. Yeah. Like he just he did that yeah. last week, and you're pumping your fist. Yes, you like because that because I said it. I just want to go on record as saying I said it when he came up with all that group of kids with uh, Almora Jr., Schwarber, Bryant. I said that's the best player on this team. He will be the best player on this team, and uh, Baez. Is one of three players, Bobby Gritch being one of them, I don't know who the third one is, to go as a shortstop and then a, sec- a second baseman and then a shortstop. And he nice. did it in consecutive years, and he's about to go 30 and 100 at second and short, which I think has never been done. Oh, Baez is the truth. Yeah, he's so. the truth. Anyway, man, we'll pump we'll, we'll pump the brakes there. Um, come check us out, as always, on our social media uh, the best memes on our IG at Statlines Matter. Lots of great content there. Also, uh, join our conversation, our ongoing sports conversation on our um, on our Twitter page, which is at Statlines Matter. Uh, information about everything Statlines Matter on Facebook, and of course our hotline area code 404-500-9017, where we can be reached via uh, phone, voicemail, or text. Um, so, yeah, come in, check us out, check in. Um, you know what it is. And, uh, man, just signing off for this week. We probably gave you a little bit more straight up and down sports this week. We didn't have our normal um, pop culture segment. We'll get back to that next week. But this is a big year, big week in NBA. So we had to give you, we had to hit you with a lot of sports this week. So, yeah, because we were two weeks off. So yeah. we had to bang that out. We had to, we had to really get into sports because I don't think you can, you can have a, a week like what we're having, what we're experiencing, and not really give you that 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 sports talk. So you got it today. A lot of NBA talk, and we'll have some more. Oh, of that next week oh, well. and 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 I'd be remiss if I we didn't say R.I.P. Tyler Skaggs. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so I apologize for mentioning him at the end, but yeah, shout he, out to the Angels and, and his Tyler family, Skaggs. Yeah. He was having a good year, and um, you know, toxicology report won't be out for four to six weeks. But regardless of what it says. You know, um, respect, love, and our best wishes to the people out there that that affected. Yeah, no, and that that's a good catch too. We we definitely need to do that. So, uh, in the meantime, till we back next week. With this, I'm Mark Stewart. This is Rob Hunter, and we're Stat Lines Matter. Peace.